Chase the Views from the Shop Podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, it is Monday, February 19th, 2024. And I wish you a very, very, very happy National Airboat Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And as you can hear from my voice yet again, we've got an episode where I am not at 100%. And it's not because of the weather. It's not because the season's are allegedly potentially changing here in the state of Ohio. Nay, it is not because of any of that. It is because I have now watched two of the most thrilling games in the past couple seasons for Ohio State basketball in person at the shot. And in each of those two games, Ohio State won. Last Saturday, the Buckeyes knock off Maryland in double overtime And on Sunday, Ohio State topples the number two ranked Purdue Boilermakers when we thought it was all but lost this season, when we thought there was nothing to play for for these Buckeyes. Well, these Buckeyes showed something quite different in this one. Today's show, we are of course going to cover how Ohio State beat Purdue. We're going to cover can it be replicated for these Buckeyes Moving down the stretch, we're going to talk about some general observations in this one. But first, I'm going to tell you a little story, okay? As I tell this story, I have one request. Just, I'm going to be entertaining enough telling this story. All I need you to do, if you haven't already, and even if you think you have, open up your 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 app of choice for listening to podcasts. Go find the views from the shot. Make sure you have subscribed. Make sure you have followed. That's simply all I ask. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Find us on YouTube. Do the simple things. And by the way, I'm not going to go there yet. That'll be a secret for you. Okay. Here's the story. As you're doing, I'm, 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 I'm not joking. I need you to do this. It's very important. Okay? Cannot... Can I explain the urgency on this? Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you follow wherever you get your podcasts. Now I'm going to tell you the story. And while I do it, you're going to do what I just asked you to do. Please. Okay. Here we go. So for those of you who were not at the game or for those of you who did not have access to storming the court when Ohio State beat Purdue, you are listening to someone who did. And I have... A story of heartbreak, a story of raw emotions, a story of a lady just trying to do her job and doing it harder than anyone has ever seen before. Let's get into it. So there I am, sitting at the game, section 132, because I don't buy ham, okay? Because I can afford some luxuries in life. When I choose to invest in them, sure, yeah, I'll get tickets in section 134, the lower bowl when Ohio State takes on Purdue. Of course, why wouldn't I? So there I am in section 134, rooting on our Ohio State Buckeyes, all right? And this game continues, and I look to my left, I look to my right, I look behind me, I look in front of me, and everywhere, 
at this game, I'm surrounded by Purdue fans. This was a pro-Purdue environment in this one. Or so it seemed when introductions occurred at the start of the game when Purdue was up, what, 8 nothing. It just felt like an away game for Ohio State. Purdue fans everywhere, but Ohio State would not relent in this one. The Buckeyes go down the stretch, and of course, they upset number two, Purdue, the team that just the day prior was announced as the number one overall seed if the season were end today by the selection committee. The heavily favored Boilermakers fall to Ohio State, and you get closer and closer and closer to the end of this game and Purdue's making it close but the Buckeyes continue to do what they got to do to win the game so here we are about eight seconds left and Jameson Battle does an extremely smart thing which is to take the ball and dribble away from the defense when he knows he's going to get fouled and the Buckeyes take a bunch of time off the clock at that point and the Buckeyes go up by four And you're feeling good. And you're saying, man, if you can get a stop here, you should be okay. Well, they don't get a stop. It was Braden Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer. Someone made a shot for Purdue. Back to a two-point game. Buckeyes get fouled again. Jamison Battle, I believe, was the one at the free throw line to steal this one for Ohio State. And he makes his first. And then he throws up his second. And it goes in. And in section 134, two people beside me say, hey, are you storming the court? And I say, well, I wouldn't be caught dead not storming the court in this opportune time. So we make our way down toward the end of the section where you can get access to the floor. And what happens? We have a a small but mighty mm, past middle-aged woman who has that scarlet vest on and is just shouting, no, 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 you cannot enter the floor. No, you cannot storm the court. And as hard as she worked, she worked very, very hard. I will give her credit. She worked very, very hard. The student section starts to flow onto the court. It's not a flow. It's a flood. It's a mudslide. Everyone is on the basketball floor. And here I am watching what's unfolding in front of me where one woman stands in the way from me being on the floor with the Ohio State team that just upset Purdue. And another man comes to assist her and assist her, not comes to sister, sounded like sister, moving on. Um, we, We have a situation where it's now two on about 17 people who want to get on the floor. And we have what appeared to be a girlfriend or a wife, something like that, encouraging her better half, we'll assume, to just go. Just go for it. So he leaps over the railing to his left, dropping down to the floor, running forward, and this woman grabs him, grabs him, and pulls him back somehow with the strength of 10,000 lions or 10,000 potent buckeyes that you should not eat. And... He can't get on. And then he starts to run to the right just to get away. He's trying to get away. He's able to do so for a little bit. And then about 30 seconds pass. And at this point, I'm getting antsy. What feels like a lifetime. And I slowly make my way down to this lady. Was not disrespectful in the slightest. Simply asking, hey, if all of those sections can get on the floor 
if from every entry point on the floor fans are flooding on except for ours what gives explain it to me and as i continue to ask that question she just says no 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 step back and respectful as i am i oblige and then finally we have a hero a hero of all heroes who steps over and says let him through and through we go and i as a person who have sat down with many prominent figures at ohio state basketball has had conversations with former head coach chris holtman and jake diebler and quandrian banks and jameson battle and zed key and so on and so forth at that point all journalistic inten- integrity is just thrown out the window and you are just fangirling over your Ohio State Buckeyes. You're on the floor. You're recording everything that's going on. You're touching hands with with Austin Parks and with Scotty Middleton and you're snapping selfies with Jamison Battle and you're saying, man, as hard as it has been to watch this Ohio State basketball team for the past one and a half seasons, boy, oh boy. Was that special? Boy, oh boy, is this what sports is all about or what? You can go through the bad days. You can go through the bad weeks. You can go through the bad months and the bad seasons. But this is why you never give up on your team. Because in college sports, every single game matters. And when you get the chance to storm and when you get the chance to rub elbows with the guys who just won the game... You take it, and you continue to root for your team. So fans that were here before this game, fans that have been here through the the lowest of lows, followed by by an even lower point, followed by an even worse loss, an 18-point loss, 18-point blown lead to Penn State, nearly 27-point blown lead to Wisconsin in the Big Ten Tournament last year, an 18-point blown loss to Indiana at home, a team that hasn't won an away game in over 13 months. This is why you watch college basketball and why you never abandon your team. And there's haters, and there's detractors, and there's pessimists, and there's people even in the media who boycott covering this team until they fire Chris Holtman, which in what world is that journalism? I don't know. I don't care. This is why we watch our team. This is why you don't give up, and this is why you give it your all as a fan for a team even in the worst season of my lifetime of Ohio State basketball. Storming that court is something I can check off my bucket list. Storming that court is something I will never forget. Storming that court gave me pictures and memories with people I will never meet again, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Ohio State defeats Purdue 73-69, to improves to 15-11 and on the season, and gets a spark from head coach Jake Diebler. So I had to start with that. I've got, I, I could tell you many other things that have gone on, not just in this game, but this week behind the scenes in Ohio State basketball. But now is not the time. Now is not the place. So let's recap this game. We're going to do this and we're going to do it good. Hmm. We're going to do this and we're going to do it good. We're going to recap this game and talk about how Ohio State won, as we said. We'll get into can this be replicated, then we'll get into some observations. But boy, what a game that was. 
That was so fun to watch as a fan. And it's so fun to watch as someone who is on both sides. As a fan and someone who's talking to the team, talking with players, talking with coaches, talking with insiders, understanding what the mood is, the vibes, all those types of things. Boy, it was special to watch. So how did Ohio State knock off Purdue? How did Ohio State, which has lost two 18-point leads this season, which has lost to some of the lesser teams in the Big Ten, which has completely fallen off since November when it upset Alabama, how did this Ohio State team win? Well, number one, Zach Eady still kind of got his. 22 points, shot 64% of the field, didn't miss a free throw. No one for Purdue missed a field goal or free throw in this one. He had 13 rebounds, six offensive boards. So when Zach Eady has his normal production, how do you still win? Well, number one, Zach Eady probably left the arena after this game mm, indecent due to the amount of times that he was stripped in this one. Zed Key was all over him. But not only that, not only did they strip Zach Eady to the bone, they also blocked some of his shots. Evan Mahaffey blocked Zach Eady in this game. And Ohio State as a whole really, really keyed in on Zach Eady. And when he got the ball with a chance to drop step, rather than coming into double based on where he was facing, Ohio State would bring pressure away from his line of vision and that would apparently spook him. And Ohio State really handled Zach Eady well in this one. I think it was a nice game plan for the Buckeyes to move forward with. So even though Jameson, or sorry, Jameson, even though Zach Eady got his, Ohio State still handled him pretty well. To the next point, speaking of Jameson, Jameson freaking battle, 19 points, 3 of 5 from the three-point line, and I believe he scored all 19 of his points in the second half. I wasn't as keyed into the stats in this one because I was at the game, but my goodness, Jameson battle, just heat check upon heat check upon heat check, and he just kept hitting. So Jameson battle hits three threes in a row, I think, on consecutive possessions for Ohio State giving the Buckeyes a spark there in the second half. Here's something that we won't talk about, that we won't remember, but needs to be said. That fourth attempt for Jamison Battle that he missed in the corner, Buckeyes called a timeout. They they run something for Jamison Battle. And I would hope that in that, in that huddle, Jake Diebler simply said, Jamison, I couldn't care less what happens. It is one shot. The risk reward here is insane. Everyone here, look at me. Jamison, you are shooting this ball if there are five P- Purdue defenders on you. It doesn't matter. Because the risk here is you miss the shot and Purdue gets the ball back. The reward is you score three points and the roof is blown off of this place. Because every single three that, that Jamison Battle was making during that stretch... The crowd was going wild, and you come out of a timeout, everyone knows how hot Jamison Battle is. If he makes that, it's insane. I love the fact that he got the ball there. Even though he missed that corner three, that's fine with me. Continue to get the ball. Continue to fire away. This guy was confident. He was shooting the ball well. He was huge for Ohio State. Not to be outdone was Bruce Thornton's floater in this one. He scores 22 points, shoots 47%. From the field, doesn't miss a free throw, 
But Bruce Thornton could not be stopped inside the three-point line in this one. Actually, just for curiosity's sake, I'd like to know what he did from the three-point line. So please hold while I pull that up. Bruce Thornton from the three-point line, one of four. So he wasn't insanely accurate there from the three-point line. But whenever he got a ball screen, which he rejected a ton of ball screens in this game, it didn't feel normal to me in any regard, but he rejected a bunch of ball screens. More power to you, Bruce Thornton. Puts up 22 points in 35 minutes of play for Ohio State. Easily the only Buckeye to play over 30 minutes in this one and and easily at the most minutes in this game. Bruce Thornton using pick and rolls, sometimes not using screens, playing a very, very crafty game and just flipping the ball up and it's going in. He was huge for Ohio State, kind of dicking them out of a hole early on in this one. Because remember, it was 8 to nothing, I believe, to start this game. Purdue was crushing Ohio State, and you're like, oh my goodness. This is not going to go well for Ohio State. Bruce Thornton was insane in this one. The last one that needs to be touched on here, and this is what did it for Ohio State. Purdue went 20 of 20 from the free throw line in this one. Didn't miss a single shot. You've got to find 20 points elsewhere. If they're going to go hit from the free throw line and you're going to make half of those free throws as Ohio State, you got to find it elsewhere. You know where they found it? Turnovers. Ohio State forced 14 turnovers against Purdue and scored 22 points off of turnovers. That is incredibly efficient. We already talked about Zed Key, the five steals that he had. The team as a whole had nine. And the Buckeyes were scoring in transition off of these turnovers as well. Obviously, Jameson Battle had that sweet three where he kind of trails behind Dill Bonner. Bonner finds him. Battle lets it fly and hits it. That one was huge for the Buckeyes. But overall, these turnovers allowed Ohio State to go out and play. And this is something I remember from Jake Diebler specifically a couple weeks ago in his availability to the press. Now, he said, I I don't believe it was a question that I asked, but he said, essentially, when we have the chance to go out in transition, when we have a chance to push the ball, we simply need to. We've got to go out and steal possessions from the defense when we get the ball when we're not getting half court we got to take advantage and that's what ohio state did in this one 22 points off of turnovers forcing 14 turnovers they only had six extra points in transition i believe according to the stats uh maybe that number gets changed after some point it felt like more but regardless huge for ohio state in this one and at one point they led this game by 12 points purdue led by eight that was it Ohio State led by 12, and they limit they limited Purdue's offensive rebounding scoring abilities, essentially. They didn't limit them rebounding. Ohio State was minus 14 on the glass, minus 7 on the offensive glass. Purdue still scored 13 second-chance points off of 14 offensive rebounds. That's horrible conversion for Ohio State. When they needed a stop, they got it in this one so those are a few ways that ohio state won this game can it be replicated that's a question that we all are asking at this point under jake diebler and here's where i have to say i don't know but it feels somewhat unlikely and here's why ohio state to this point in the season has not been a team that forces turnovers now maybe that's a difference for ohio state now that, that they've got Jake Diebler at the helm. 
but this just hasn't been a team that forces a lot of turnovers their steal percentage eight percent over the year that's 19th percentile in college basketball the turnovers that they force per game 10 and a half that's 18th percentile in all of college basketball so ohio state has not been a team that forces a lot of turnovers on the flip side Ohio State scored a lot of points off of turnovers. It felt like they scored more in transition. I don't really know statistically if points that are scored off turnovers can also be counted as points scored in transition because it feels like they they should be, but it feels like in this game they weren't. I don't know. I'm not a statistician. But Ohio State only scores five points per game off of fast breaks. 7% of their points in every game on average come off of points in fast break that second percentile in college basketball so it's going to take a major identity change for ohio state if they're going to win games like this down the stretch they're going to have to change the way that they play and a lot of these turnovers again were very odd five of the nine steals at ohio state force were from zed key where he's just poking the ball out of zach Eady's hands so can that be replicated I would have to err on the side of probably not. You're forcing five steals per game. You doubled that in this one. Five steals per game is 15th percentile in all of college basketball. So I I will say that I don't think that can be replicated. What I also will say for Ohio State is that they just got a jolt. They got a huge jolt from winning this game. And not only that, Chris Holtman, as much as he was a player's coach, For Ohio State, Jake Diebler is the same. Judy Mobley, I will probably uh, throw out an article on this. I I spoke with uh, Judy Mobley's representation over, I I think, a a day or two after the news on Holtman came out. And as we know, players, what do they do? They commit to coaches. They do not, in large part, Commit to logos, to schools, to programs, anything like that. You're committing to a head coach. And in college basketball, the head coach does a lot of the recruiting, unlike college football. Junie Mobley himself said, through his representation, essentially, hey, look, right now, we're rooting for Ohio State. We're locked in. We love Jake Diebler. But right now, that's where we are. Specifically mentioning Jake Diebler as someone he loved. While saying he loved Chris Holtman as well. Jake Diebler is still as much of a player's coach, I think, as Chris Holman. And now down the stretch, you've got at Minnesota, can Ohio State win a game on the road? We'll see. That's a winnable game. If you can beat Purdue by four at home, you should be able to beat Minnesota on the road. You've got at Michigan State, you've got Nebraska and Michigan at home before Ohio State takes on Rutgers. I mean, how many of those games feel like you can't win? Well, first of all, the answer is literally zero. If you can beat Purdue, you can beat any team in the Big Ten. But you get Nebraska at home, Nebraska's really, really bad on the road. Just a fact. Michigan, really, really bad in general. Rutgers has played better as of late, but it's still Rutgers. Four out of these five games feel really, really winnable down the stretch. So while the way Ohio State won maybe can't necessarily be replicated... The emotion, the momentum, the swings like this, it means something for Ohio State, 100%. So I won't say that the wins can't be stacked, but the way they won today, yesterday, 
feels really hard to replicate. Okay, let's get into some observations and then, well, we'll, we'll close it out. Plain and simple. Before we get into that, though, we're going to talk about college basketball analytics. As always, cbbanalytics.com is the exclusive sponsor of today's show. I would encourage you to go to cbbanalytics.com right now and poke around. And when you do, you'll see that the college basketball world is your oyster. Whatever you want to see in regards to college basketball statistics, cbbanalytics.com has it along with much more. Sure, you can leverage it for betting, but you can also use it for simply having the best access to college basketball stats in the world. You can take a look at different players at Ohio State and take a look at their on-off splits. You can look at their player comps. So if you want to see, you know, Dale Bonner, he's just an interesting player. Maybe not a fan favorite this year for what he's produced, but let me take a look at some other players that he's most comparable to in the Big Ten or in any other conference, any other, any other league in college basketball. And you would see that he's most similar to Price Sanford at Iowa. There's that and a whole bunch more. You can build shot charts. You can build team stats graphs, player stats graphs. You can build bar charts, linear regressions, shot charts, comparisons app, all those different types of things and more. Use the code SHOT. That's short for Shot and Scene Center and Views from the Shot Podcast. Use the code SHOT, S-C-H-O-T-T, to get an entire month free. That's cbbanalytics.com. Okay, observations. This just... Uh, This feels, I don't know if the word is therapeutic, but just the fact that at this point, I have several people reaching out. It feels like every week after pretty much every episode saying, hey, love the show. Love what you said about this. What do you think about this? Asking me questions. Do you know anything about that? Sometimes people ask me questions and I will say, I don't have an answer for you. I cannot give you that information. Other times people have questions and I will get that information. Just depends. But I get a lot of great feedback. This show just feels like, oh my gosh, the amount of people that I've met, the people who I know, people who have reached out to me and who have built a relationship with me online just rooting for Ohio State basketball, it just feels like, man, I wish I could take the the dozens of people at this point who I feel like I'm not close with, but we talk Ohio State basketball, we're in the DMs, I just want to bring everyone into a room and just group hug, all 20-some of us. Uh, But a man can dream. A man can dream. Okay, observations from this one. So my first question going into this game was essentially, how is Ohio State going to react with Jake Diebler as a head coach? Knowing that Chris Holtman is such a focal point for the team, the team rallies around Chris Holtman. Knowing all that, what will this team look like? Specifically, what will the motivation look like? And there was no issue in this one. Ohio State came out with energy. They came out with juice. They were down 8 nothing, And yet they came back and they fought back. They clawed back. They fought on the offensive glass. They fought against Zach Eady. They closed out hard against three-point attempts. They went to grab loose balls. They played hard in this one. And after the game, you saw how much it meant to Jake Diebler. I won't go into that all that much into much detail, but we know how much this game meant to Jake Diebler. This team is bought in. This team is bought into Jake Diebler. Check that off the box. We're good to go there. Number two, what does this mean for Jake Diebler as head coach, potentially, of the Ohio State University? Well, after the game, no, I'm not even going to go there first. First, I'm going to say this. I'm just going to answer the question right off. I'm sorry, fans, 
it you can 100% be fanatical you can change your opinion after one game that's totally okay Jake Diebler is not going to be the head coach of the Ohio State University men's basketball team next season unless this team makes an incredible run and goes to the NCAA tournament outside of that Diebler will not be the head coach it's just simply not going to happen he doesn't have the experience he hasn't been able to prove it yet Ohio State needs needs to make the right decision and being an, an, an interim head coach is much different from being a head coach and running a college basketball program especially at the Ohio State University so Diebler's not gonna be the guy we just need to say that but there's a couple reasons why I believe that number one Matt Painter we know that there are some coaches in the Big Ten we know Chris Holtman and, and Tom Izzo are just buddy buddy with one another and that's fine Matt Painter Chris Holtman are another combination similar to that Matt Painter, after the game, said the score would have been the exact same, essentially, if Chris Holtman were coach, and that nothing really changed. And while that's not true, and we'll talk about what changed here in a little bit with Ohio State basketball under Jake Diebler, uh, mm, uh, mm, can't really disagree with him. Would the score have been the exact same? Obviously not. That's not true. But Holtman... Did he have a different roster than Jake Diebler? No. Did Jake Diebler manage the game a different, a little bit differently? Did he game plan it a little bit differently? Sure. Possibly. Matt Painter saying that to respect Chris Holtman, 100%. But at this point, you're going to get the clicks. You're going to get the likes. You're going to get the retweets saying, stop the search. Jake Diebler's a head coach. I've seen enough. Just give him the reins. You will get the clicks by saying that. But simply... Ohio State winning this game, just one game, doesn't mean anything for Jake Ebler, Jake Diebler to be the head coach at Ohio State next season. Outside of that, Ohio State simply saw some shots fall in this one that they have not seen go in over the past several weeks at Ohio State basketball. I think that needs to be said as well. One game is not going to mean anything for Jake Diebler. If he closes out things strong down the stretch, maybe we can have the conversation. But at this point... No, it's not going to change anything. Not one game. Ohio State in this one. Observation number three. They survived in foul trouble against Zach freaking Eady, who is very hard to defend without fouling. It's going to get physical down there. Zach Eady, he does love to grab the defender's arm and try to tug him with you. You've got to be able to stand up for yourself, be strong, and not give in to that from Zach Eady. not saying he's a bad player. not saying he's a dirty player necessarily, but that's just something that he likes to do. That's fine. For what it's worth, Felix Akpara, he fouls out. He played with four fouls for a lot of this game. Zed Key played for four fouls for several minutes down the stretch, never fouled out. Evan Mahaffey picked up a quick foul when he was getting eaten up by Trey Coffin Rem to start this game, finish a game with two fouls. Ohio State's ability to guard Zach Eady without having several players foul out and the foul trouble that they were already in, absolutely insane. Great job by Ohio State in that one. A um, couple more here. The expanded rotation. So Matt Painter said, mm, Chris Holtman, Jake Diebler, not really much different there. Diebler didn't do anything different. Same team. Uh, yeah, true, kind of. Not necessarily, though. Under Chris Holtman, you'd you'd come to ex- expect the, the exact same starting five, Zed Key coming off the bench as a six man. And then some combination of Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal, Dale Bonner. At times, that rotation was scaled back even more. Where you'd see Zed Key not get a lot of minutes. You'd see Devin Royal not get a lot of minutes. Scotty Middleton especially not get a lot of minutes. But in this one, rather than going 
eight-ish players, nine-ish players. Ohio State plays 11. Austin Parks plays two minutes. Tayson Chapman plays three minutes. 11 players play outside of Bruce Thornton's 25 minutes. No one else played more than 28. That is how you spread time out. I love getting Austin Parks in this one. You might as well throw Owen Spencer in there as well because you just need bodies down there to bang and to give Felix Akpara, give him two minutes to breathe and to rest. That's fine with me. Love the game plan. Love seeing some guys get some playing time, some additional playing time, because if you can just give Bruce Thornton, you can give Jamison Battle a couple of gasps of air before you've got to go out there and sprint again. That's huge. So it'll be interesting to see if Ohio State does that against Minnesota on Thursday. And Ohio State battles adversity. They close two halves without completely imploding. That's my final observation for this one. The foul, foul disparity is one thing. Purdue, again, going 20 of 20 from the free throw line. That's one thing, okay? But Ohio State went four minutes without a made shot halfway through the second half while Purdue began to slowly, slowly chip away at this one. Ohio State's lead slowly but surely disappeared at one point to where you thought, I don't think Ohio State is going to win this game. And yet, Ohio State fought Purdue off again. They grew their lead and they ended up closing out Purdue and winning this game. In each half, they did not look horrible. Actually, at the end of the first half, let's just let's just do some box score tracking here. So, Purdue with with four and a half minutes left to go in the first half is up twenty eight to twenty four. With six minutes left, they're up twenty eight to twenty one. And at halftime, Ohio State all of the sudden takes a lead thirty five to thirty. Devin Royal makes a layup. With a minute left to go. And Ohio State had a chance to get a big bucket there to close out the half. It was an ugly, ugly possession. That's fine. Another thing that you saw from Ohio State in this one, not as many ugly possessions. But Ohio State closes out that half well. And then again, Purdue. They come back there in the second half. And the score, I think, was within one possession multiple times. So we saw the game go down to 54-49. to 49. We saw it 56-51. to 51. Then Purdue really started to turn it on, making it 60 to 55 with a couple of free throws, 62 to 57, 62 to 58, 65 to 58. And you're noticing here that it's a seven point game. It's a five point game. It's a six point game. Gets down to a three point game with three minutes left. Two point game. We're tied. Purdue ties it with a minute and a half left. And the old Buckeye team, I believe, would have just lost this game because that's what this team has done. However, Ohio State learned how to win in this one, and that was huge for Ohio State. Incredible game, incredible atmosphere, even with the amount of Purdue fans that were there. That was one of the best games I have ever attended in my life. Right up there with the Ohio State win over Purdue just last Saturday. But this Buckeye team is going to try to stack some wins together here to close out the season, and you're not going to want to miss exclusive content of the Ohio State University Buckeyes from the only Ohio State men's basketball exclusive uh, uh, podcast publishing content year-round. It's the only one, this one, right here. So make sure you're subscribed. I will again 
again implore you find us on social media posted a couple videos of the court storming from my own view my own perspective on the instagram so make sure you're finding it there like it follow us if you follow us on instagram and not on twitter if you follow us on twitter and not on instagram just marry the two and make sure you're following both ways and then throw in youtube as well all right that was a fun one that was a fun win for ohio state we will be back probably wednesday for an ohio state against minnesota preview number two for the 2024 season buckeyes will look to knock off the golden gophers and finally get that monkey off their back which is winning a big 10 away game or an away game in general i appreciate you listening today i appreciate you being here throughout this season which has been a grind at times but again wins like this are so special bask in them with me i will shut up before you shut me off thank you for listening go bucks